All right, wow, we have quite the uh, doozy of an article here. Well, first off, welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. I'm Clay, your host, and I'm clearly getting ahead of myself, but when I saw this article, it piqued my interest, and then I read through it, and it not only piqued my interest, it just got my blood kind of boiling a little bit, and I am gonna be doing some ranting. So if you're not a fan of people ranting, if you're not a fan of me ranting, maybe like some of the other episodes I've done, then you're gonna just save your time. I'll give you a heads up. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna rant. I've read through it once, and some of these points, I just I, I I don't get it. I'm not a fan of the logic. In fact, the logic is terrible. And in all actuality, there's some sweet sweet irony going on here in the sense of what these people are complaining about is basically that the system is working. In particular, as I'm sure, I'm not quite sure what I'm gonna title this yet, but I'm I'm guessing by the title of the episode, you know that this has to do with credit. But I'm actually encouraged in some senses that the credit score system is working as it should, yet the people complaining about, I, I should probably just get to the article, but just bear with me. And like I said, I definitely, I think there's a chance that there could be some ranting that goes on. And if you don't like it, especially if you don't like it for me, I'm not offended, I get it. Ranting is not everybody's cup of tea, but I do wanna at least be dis, you know, transparent and disclose up front that I'm probably gonna do some ranting. So this article comes from MarketWatch. It was published on August 28th. So within the past couple of weeks, title of the article, more than half of this group of Americans say low credit scores are holding them back. And then the subtitle of the article, Low credit scores have cost them a car loan or a new line of credit. Here's how to fix that. So let's get into the article here. Most millennials are buckling under the weight of bad credit. And as I like to always try to do, this is not gonna be, let me just dump on millennials because all millennials are idiots or all millennials are fill in the blank. Absolutely not. I guess technically speaking, I'm at the old end of the millennial spectrum. But even the more so traditional millennials, I know all kinds of awesome millennials that are beast-moding through life. They have a great perspective. They have a great viewpoint. And they're just out there getting it done. I am not one of these people that I hear millennial and then I ultimately jump to a bunch of different conclusions. With any generation, there's bad apples. Again, I'm not here saying that this is gonna be some bashing of millennials. It just happens to be that some of these millennials, we're gonna be looking at some bad apples here and you know, if you are a millennial or if you're maybe in one of these situations or approaching one of these situations, then hopefully this can help you out and hopefully I can at least get you thinking a little bit because there's some really bad, I mean, these people are doing a disservice to themselves you know, with the way that they're you know, placing blame and all of that. But again, yes, millennials are the people being affected as you see now with that first line of the article, but I, you know, my viewpoint is that not all millennials are, are terrible. Like I said, every generation has some hiccups and we're definitely gonna be looking at some hiccups here. So picking back up the article, when Joe decided to put a $2,000 down payment on his first car, which cost $11,000, he did not think it would be too difficult. The high school English teacher who declined to give his last name was 25 at the time, had been teaching for almost two years on a salary of approximately $58,000 a year. Not bad. $58,000 a year, although I don't know where exactly he lives, so maybe that's, uh, but, but regardless, $58,000 a year, trying to buy a $11,000 car, and he's uh, he's got $2,000 to use as a down payment. 
but the deal skid to a halt. I was told I had to put down more money than I could afford or find a co-signer in order to be approved for a loan, he told MarketWatch. Joe had a poor credit rating. He was finally able to get a lender, but he had to pay a higher than average interest rate. So let me get this straight. Joe, you make $58,000 a year, well done. Is there any reason why you need you need a $11,000 car? Is I mean is why do you need a what what about a $8,000 car? 7,000? I what is wrong? Why did you need that $11,000 car? And I emphasize this because think about what just happened here. Somehow Joe determined that's the car I need. Now, in all actuality, that's the car he wanted, right? He didn't need that car, he wanted the car. But in his mind, he's like, no, 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 I, I need that car for fill in the blank of whatever reasons he used to justify it. So what did he ultimately do? Because he had not good credit. He did not have good enough credit. In fact, to use the, the article, Joe had a poor credit rating. He had a poor credit rating, so what did Joe then go and do? Well, he was able to get a lender, but now he's gotta pay a higher interest rate. So Joe's life already a little difficult because he's got poor credit. So what does he go and do? He goes and now he makes his life even more expensive by now needing to pay a higher credit or by paying a higher interest rate. Joe, you just, you're, the downward spiral is continuing with you. Why couldn't you? Now you as a listener, always keep that in mind. If you are being turned down, if you're if it is being suggested to you, you know what? You can't afford this car. Think about that. That's why I'm encouraged. The credit system worked here. The credit system was like, "No. That's great. You have $2,000 to put down, but you're we according to the numbers that we look at, you cannot afford this. We are not willing to give you the loan. You need to either put more money down or you need to find a cosigner. Cosigner just being Somebody else's name goes on the loan, so if it goes under, well then they got a couple people they can go after, they being the person loaning the money. So Joe is being flat out told, listen, you can't afford the car, all right? Your credit rating, all that, you can't afford it. So Joe then goes out and he makes it even more hard, more hard for himself to afford by now paying a higher interest rate. So clearly somebody was like, all right, yeah, I'll loan you the money, but you're a high risk loan. And when there's high risk, there needs to be a high reward, and that is why that he's being charged a higher interest rate. When you just stop and think about it, and hope, I, I really do, I, I hope that maybe saying, Clay, look, you're stating the obvious. And if that's the case, good, thank you. But Joe, why couldn't you just to say, you know what, yeah, I don't need that car. I do really want it, but you know what? Maybe I just have to settle for some sort of $8,000 car. Yeah, it's it's a few years older. Yeah, it's got a little bit more miles on it. But you know what? I I I, I can get a loan. I mean, I would argue that you, Joe just find something and buy it in cash. You make fifty eight thousand dollars a year. But I'll concede and just say that Joe's for for some reason he has to get a loan. Fine. If you have to get a loan, then get a loan that you can easily pay with a lower interest rate. And you could have done that, Joe, by just finding a new car. But yet the title of this article is all about, they say low credit scores are holding them back. No, Joe, your low credit score because you clearly had other debt in your life is what's holding you back. 
That is what's causing the low credit score. So yes, you can say, well, it's my low credit score that caused me to not be able to get a car loan. Yes, but Joe, why did you have the low credit score? I agree, Joe, it is the low credit score that was causing you some issues, but why? Why do you have the low credit score, Joe? And I don't know, I wish Joe was here, but like I said, pretty sure Joe's got some other things going on. Dare I say maybe some student loans, um, dare I say maybe some credit card stuff that's out there already, but there is something that's given him that poor credit rating. So to blame the credit rating, that doesn't make much sense. You need to blame the cause of the low credit rating, Joe, and here's a problem. You just made it 10 times worse by going out there and you know causing yourself to now get the, great, you got the car you wanted, but now you have an even higher interest rate. So to pick back up, the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania native, Joe, we're still talking about, who is now 29, still carries anxiety about his now average credit score, and he's just one of 58% of millennials who say their scores have cost them a loan or a new line of credit, according to a bankrate.com report released Wednesday. So I mean, this is stuff that's, um, as of you know the airing of this episode, I mean, this stuff is pretty much hot off the press. But that's good. I'm glad you're a little stressed out about your credit score. That's gonna be, that's your financial reputation. If you're not really worried, if you're not really stressed out a little bit about your financial reputation, then that's how you get a really bad one because all of a sudden you start doing stupid stuff. So so good, Joe, you better be, you, you know, you use the word anxiety, maybe you respect it. You are now respecting, because when you respect something, you know, it's always kind of at the back of your mind. But to say that millennials are, well, you know, it's what's costing them is the line, or you know, Mono say their scores have cost them. Yes, but what is causing those scores? Why do you have lower scores? So continuing on, that's well above the rates of both Gen Xers, 53%, and Baby Boomers, 27%. Indeed, a 2018 report from credit rating service uh, Experian found that the average credit score of younger millennial uh, which is age 22 to 28, is just 652, and of an older millennial, age 29 to 35. See, I'm at the top peak. I'm 35, so I'm as old of an old millennial as you can get is 665, which are below the 700 score that's generally considered good. Come on, people get, come on. A separate survey by the financial tech firm Op Loans also concluded that more than one in four millennials aged 18 to 34, so in this situation, I'm not even a millennial, I, I missed it by one year, 27% said that their credit had prevented them from getting a new car. Now, I don't know if they mean a, like a brand new car or if they just mean a new car is in like a new used car. I, I wish they would have specified that. But again, I don't like, now I'm not blaming the millennials here. I'm, what I, I don't really appreciate, and I, I see where the, the survey person is coming from, uh, but it's not the, yes, it is the credit score that's causing these issues, but why are the credit scores the way they are? Because that's what the, what's causing the issue here. And I wish I would have thought, well, okay, yeah, they're saying that people are like, yes, yeah, yep, it's my low credit score that, that's cost me a loan, okay? And, and why do you have a low credit score? That's, I, I wish they would have dug in a little bit deeper as to the why there's that low score. Another 20%, uh, 26% of those who had applied to get approval or a new loan and 25% applying uh, for an apartment lease were also declined. 
Oploans found that 24% of those surveys said they never learned how to build good credit in the first place. 15% reported that their level of debt is unmanageable with one in five admitting that they don't have control over their finances. Now, that to me, again, going back to the whole, well, the system seems to be working. If it's preventing these sorts of people that either already have a level of debt that is unmanageable, so preventing them from getting more debt, check, that's the whole point of the system. If it's preventing those that admit they don't have control of their finances from getting more debt, definitely a big check. Well, that's kind of the whole idea of the credit system. So I, I, I don't understand the, the issue here for some of these people. Um, people that said they never learned how to build good credit, so if they don't have good credit, then by default, that would mean they have average or bad credit. So if it's preventing those people, again, I, 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 I try to be compassionate that, yeah, you, you don't know how to build good credit. But if you have bad credit, that means you're, there's something wrong. So if you have bad credit, it tells you that you don't even, you don't really know what's going on. So I, that, that stinks that you don't know how to build good credit, but I'll get to that here in just a second. But once again, that's the system working like it should. And this whole, well, I don't know how to build good credit. You pay, you pay your bills. Not partially, not late, you pay your bills on time. And that's really as easy as it is. So, well, I, I was never taught how to build good credit. You shouldn't have to be taught. Pay your bills on time, that's it. It's just like kind of the, the moral thing to do. If you take services from somebody, then you should be paying them back on time. I don't say this in a high and mal or you know a high and mighty way. I say it in a just a, a human decency way, right? I mean, I if if you lend somebody if or if you give somebody a service and they don't pay you back on time, you are not a bad person for saying, yeah, that kind of stinks. I mean, I gave you a service, I gave you a product, I, I did something for you, and now when it's time for you to pay up, you are not paying me up or paying me back on time or you're not paying, paying me back in the amount that you used, that person is completely right. This is not rocket science. This is just, I mean, like I said, human decency. And I get it, it's easy. Well, there are some big corporations, so I'm not gonna pay them back on time. Fine, if you wanna look at it like that, you go ahead. But here's the results. That's gonna affect your credit score. When you don't pay people back in the amount that you owe them on time, that is gonna be an issue, that is reflected, that will prevent you, because that's what a credit score is. As someone that, uh, you know, in my real estate business, I, I do offer loans, I have loaned money, and part of that is, well, I, I do wanna know your credit history, because why would I wanna loan you money if you have a crappy track record of paying it back? Why would I want to give you some sort of product or service if you have a bad track record of paying things back? So what's the problem? Well, I don't know how to build good credit. Yes, you do. Pay things back on time. And if you were, if you're one of those people out there, and hey, that's good, I'm, I'm, that's the whole point of this, we're learning. If you're one of those people that was like, you know, I, I always thought it was kind of complicated. How do you build credit? How do you build good credit? You just pay your bills in their full on, t on time or early. That's it. That is how you build good credit really is as easy as that. There is nothing special behind it. I'm well aware you see services and oh, well, you can do this to do that. Just pay your bills in full on time. That's it. 
That's all you have to do. So picking back up with the article, the most shocking part of the survey, survey was the multitude of ways that millennials were impacted by bad credit. Jared Kaplan, CEO of Op Loans, told MarketWatch, it wasn't just applying for loans and credit cards. Millennials were having trouble buying cars and renting apartments too. 14% of respondents said that they lived with roommates because their credit prevented them from renting on their own. I don't understand what is shocking about any of this. If you have bad credit, if you have a bad financial reputation, then of course, you should. You should have trouble buying a car. You should have trouble renting an apartment. Think about it. Put yourself in their shoes. That is your apartment room. That is your apartment that you're going to rent out. If Are you going to rent it out to somebody that has a bad track record of paying bills on time? Now, you may be saying, I mean, I'll work with you, but I'm gonna charge you more because you're higher risk. Yeah, you could do that. Or you could just be like, no, I'm not gonna deal with a headache. You are a headache. That's what bad credit is, a headache. And there's two choices that people have to make when dealing with people that are a headache. Either I'm not even gonna deal with it because I don't want the headache, or I'm willing to take on the headache, but I want some more money because I, I, need, to, I need to price in you being a headache. At the end of the day, that's what a credit score is. It's like your headache score. How much of a headache are you when it comes to dealing and dealing with numbers, dealing with money, or more specifically, paying people back? Once again, I, I realize it's hard to think, uh, well, I mean, my Netflix bill was late, but I mean, Netflix, they make billions of dollars a year. That's fair, you're right. So it's hard to envision Netflix as like a person, but that's the way the credit system works is, well, if you don't pay Netflix, on time, then that's like you taking a service from somebody and then not paying them on time. From Netflix's point of view, you are a headache. You are not paying your bill on time and that's going to be a problem on your credit score. So I, again, I don't know what's so shocking about this. People that turn themselves into a headache are getting denied car loans or are getting denied apartment rentals. Well, again, Put yourself in their shoes, circling back to that. Would you rent out an apartment? Would you give somebody money to go buy a car if you have data that tells you this person's a headache, they're gonna be a headache. Their track record suggests odds are they're gonna be a headache. And if you're like, well, you know what? I'm still gonna give them money. Guess what? You're not, you're not a very good business person. You're not gonna be business long. Or if you do loan it out, then yeah, you better be loaning it out like Joe and charging the person higher percentages, higher interest. So I, I'm really struggling with this whole article right now and I, I don't understand what are they trying to, you know, the most shocking part of the survey was the multitude of ways that were impacted by bad credit. There's nothing shocking about it. Anything that has to deal with money, of course it's gonna be, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not understanding this, but this Jared, what, what, I don't, what are you shocked by, Jared? I'm not sure what he is so, wow, caught off guard by. The younger a person is, the more likely they are to be grappling with credit woes. 43% of millennials have poor credit compared to 20% of boomers and just 9% of the silent generation, according to 2016 data from TransUnion. Because they're younger, millennials have shorter credit histories, which will impact their credit scores, Kaplan explained. Older generations have had more time to build a strong credit history that will help offset early mistakes. And I do get there's the time factor there, but it goes back to, that's kind of a little weasel of a way. Early mistakes. Well, what would be an early mistake? Not paying your bill on time in full. That's all you have to do. Pay your bill 
on time in full. And here's the kicker. If you take on, let's just say, a $50 payment and you don't actually have that $50 to pay it in full at the end, guess what? You're gonna start to hurt your credit score. It has nothing to do with time. It has to do with the fact that you just took on $50 when you don't actually even have $50 to pay the bill. So you make the minimum payment or you do something like that and all of a sudden the spiral begins. Has nothing to do with time. Now yes, time influences it. But these little mistakes are just people not making their payments in the amount that's required on time. That's it. And this is not me in theory. I started off young, first credit card I ever got, and I was like scared to death of the thing. I always meant, all right, if I'm buying $10 on this credit card, I better have $10 in my bank account that I'm gonna be able to pay this off. So yes, it should bring about, what was the word, anxiety that Joe is using. Your credit score should make you stressed out because that shows that you respect it. And you, when you respect it, you're going to, what? You're gonna honor it. And also going back, I, you know, I never, Joe said, uh, uh, now 29, still carries anxiety about his, but get this, now average credit score. So think about the correlation. He's been, he's, it's causing him anxiety. He's stressing out about it. Or like I said, I think that's a poor choice of words. He's now respecting it. But now he's gone from early in the article talking about a poor credit rating, but now he's worked his way up to average. Dare I say he's in an uptrend because he's actually respecting all of this now, amazing how that works. So to think, well, you know, younger people have enough time. No, younger people just aren't respecting it enough. And I, I attribute this to good parenting. My parents, uh, honestly, I don't even know if they ever really wanted me to get a credit card, but I was scared to death of that credit card because my parents were like, you realize that that little piece of plastic can really wreck your life if you let it. And they made sure to drill into my head so as from one parent to maybe other parents that maybe listen to this, how are you doing in that regard? Now, my oldest is only seven, um, but as all four of my children grow and grow and grow, you better believe that I'm not gonna uh, tell people, tell them not to use a credit card, but I am going to make them, I'm gonna make them, I'm gonna cause some anxiety in their lives about it. That way they respect it. And I would encourage you as a parent too, because that's how this stuff spins out of control. You get a bad credit rating, and then as you see here, I can't get a car, or I can't get the car I want. Well, now if I want that car, I gotta pay even more. And it's a vicious, vicious cycle. How about you just understand from the get-go, make your payment on time and in full. So let's go uh, pick back up the article. Um, let's. All right, there we go. Joe struggled to, okay, so we're back to Joe here. I didn't realize that. Joe struggled to build credit from the get-go because he was in college during the recession. I was living in New York trying to get an apartment, he said. I had no credit, so I couldn't get a credit card. He was eventually approved for a credit card with a small $1,000 credit line after his parents loaned him some money. Once I did, though, it seemed like any little issue kept my credit really low. He added, such such as making late utility bill payments and not spending his money wisely. Well, no kidding, Joe, no kidding. Once it did though, it seemed like any little issue. No, Joe, Joe, little issue. You not making your utility bill payments and you not spending, this is what the article says, and not spending his money wisely. If you are not spending your money wisely, that is not, quote unquote, little issues. 
That no, Joe. That's not how it works. Don't lie to yourself. Goodness. That is so but am I alone? Please. I don't know. Shoot me an email. Let me know that I'm not. I, I, I wish I could say I was making this stuff up. Once I did, though, it seemed like any little issue kept my credit really low, he added, such as making late bill payments and not spending his money wisely. That's not little. Yes, Joe, that will crush your credit. So again, this being, well, think about what did he blame? Well, I, I, it was the recession. I was in New York City and I couldn't, you know, no, no. The, the problem was, Joe, after you got that credit card, in all honesty, Joe, the system worked. How so? You should not have had a credit card to begin with. You proved it. The system worked. The system said, no, 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 no. You ain't getting a credit card. Well, that's not very nice. They're looking at more issues. And you know what? They were right. They told Joe, no, 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 you don't get a credit card yet. But after Joe, who had to take a loan from his parents, got a credit card, what happened? He made late payments and he didn't spend his money wisely. And to make it all worse, he considered those little issues. That's encouraging. Well done, credit score system. I mean, you literally nailed Joe. You were like, no, Joe, you ain't getting one. And you know what, credit card system? You were right. Joe got his card. Joe screwed up. You try to prevent Joe from getting that credit card. But it's amazing how now Joe blames the credit. Oh, well, it's the credit score that's making my life difficult. No, Joe. It's you not making payments and not spending your money wisely. The credit system had it right. I love it. This is some good stuff. Well done credit card system or credit score system. Joe, I, I don't mean to be tough on you, buddy, but goodness, man. Come on. Just at least he's an English teacher and he's not like teaching. Per Could you imagine if Joe was like a personal finance teacher out there at a school? Oh, the irony there would have been mind blowing. So let's keep on going. Wow, we're almost at 30 minutes, but. But the, bank rate but the bank rate report noted that many millennials were also unable to build credit in college in part from the CARD Act of 29 or 2009, which required students under 21 to show independent means of income or have a co-signer to get approved for a credit card. Although intended to prevent card credit card companies from taking advantage of students by signing them up for cards with high interest rates and credit lines that couldn't afford, that they couldn't afford it, it also hindered many young adults from getting credit cards at all. I really don't like regulations at all. Um, and I could go either way on this one because at the end of the day, we're the parents. I now, I graduated before, 20, before, before this act went into play. I remember at Ohio State, freshman year, first week by the dorms, table set up anywhere. Hey, get this free Ohio State t-shirt, get this free this, free, free, free. All you gotta do is sign up for a credit card. I remember all that, but parenting, I, you know, it's, Parents, you got to get out there and do your job. Parent your kids. And I didn't go for that. So I do I really think that there should be an act out there? Do I really think there should be a regulation? I don't. I think the free market should be a free market. And I think parents should parent and teach their kids. But, you know, like I said, this is not going to be, I, I would never die in this hill. I mean, because think about what they're saying. What is this act? It requires students under 21 to show independent means of income, or in other words, the ability to pay off your credit card. Dare I, for a government regulation, I can be pretty difficult on the government at times, but government, you know what, hey, that makes good sense. 
you know what? You're not allowed to give a credit card to a kid unless the kid can prove that they have the ability to pay it back. There's some common sense right there. Or again, have a co-signer to get approved, meaning, or we need somebody that does have the cash to do it, like a parent, or like somebody that's gonna pretty much put their name next to yours. But, <laughs> and then the, again, this article, well, because of this, think about it, they, they are basically demonizing this card act. Although intended to prevent credit card companies from taking advantage of students by signing them up. So yes, it's, it's preventing kids that shouldn't have a credit card from getting a credit card. It also hindered many younger adults from getting credit cards at all. False, that's not true. The only people it hindered were those that either were not able to show means of income or couldn't get a cosigner. So in other words, those are the people that shouldn't have a credit card in the first place. So it actually is working. That's, this article is so bad, this logic. Who is writing this garbage and using this logic? Think about it. It also hindered many young adults from getting credit cards at all. I know I'm repeating myself, but please tell me you see this. Who did it prevent? What were the requirements to get the credit card? To show independent means of income or have a cosigner. So in other words, if you don't have either of those, you don't get a credit card. And they're saying, well, it hindered many people from not getting one. Well, yes, because apparently they weren't gonna be able to pay it off from anyways. So it's like this author is saying, you know what, these kids should have been able to just get something that they couldn't pay off anyways. Goodness, this is so bad. I mean, we've had some bad articles over the year. I mean, I think this is the second year of the podcast. We've had some bad stuff, but this has gotta be ranking pretty far up there. It be Okay, picking back with the article, it became harder for people to get access to credit cards so they weren't building credit while in college. Aaron Lowry, financial blogger and author of Broke Millennial told MarketWatch, having student debt in college doesn't mean you're racking up credit card or doesn't mean you're racking up credit. So once you're out with no credit history, it takes a long time to build credit and it makes difficult to rent an apartment or get an auto loan. Yeah, it's amazing how, and I'm not gonna go down this rabbit hole, but there, there's a reason why. There's a reason why I pound it over and over again. Please don't go to college and graduate with a boatload of debt in a job that barely pays because yes, you're absolutely right. You have a high potential of being a headache and when you have a high potential of being a headache, guess what? People aren't gonna want to load you money. That's why this credit or that's why this school debt, going to school, getting, going to school as cheap as possible, it does matter because it bleeds into so many other things and I can't stand how this blogger is trying to say, well, it's because of the student debt that doesn't, it's, it's, well, it, it's not like people are going out there and blowing money on credit cards that, ha, that are causing it. It's because of the student loan debt. It's all debt. The, it, the credit score does not care about, well, what type of debt. It cares about, do you, does it think you're gonna be able to pay it back? And if you are, you know, if you graduate with $50,000 in student loan debt and you got a job making, you know, $40,000 $40, a year, or who knows what, because who knows what major you got, would you loan that person money if the credit and the way the numbers work out is saying, you know, this person's kind of high risk? I, I would hope you'd say either no, I'm not, or yeah, I will, but you're gonna pay me more because you're higher risk. So once more, sorry, Aaron Lowry, financial blogger of Broke Millennial. It, it sounds to me like the credit system's working the way it should. I get your point. These, sure, kids aren't graduating and racking up a bunch of credit with, you know, credit cards. Uh, and all that, and but the debt, 
debt, debt matters. Student loan debt, it matters. It bleeds its way into all these other areas of of life. So carrying on, while there are no quick fixes to boosting your credit score, yes, there are. Yes. Oh, well, boosting it. Well, boosting it, you know, that, that implies that uh, you've already done some stupid things. So why don't we do this? How about we don't even have to worry about boosting it? How about you prove that A, you can get a credit card because you can pay it, and then B, how about you just pay your bills, say it with me, in full, on time. So right here, all of a sudden, the whole premise of this article has changed because now we gotta, do, and I can't, quick fixes, yes. Oh, everything's always gotta be, to boosting your credit score. Here are a few ways millennials or anyone really can dig themselves out. So again, we're going down there. So remember, I argue, how about you don't even have to boost? How about you just do it right from the get-go? But if you're already made a mistake, that's okay. That's why they put you know erasers on the ends of pencils. Uh, so first off, don't carry a credit card balance. Make sure you're getting the right information about good credit management. It really hasn't been until the last seven to 10 years that the public has began to understand what goes into credit scores, Lowry said. There is so much misinformation about how to deal with your credit. For example, more than one in five credit card users have wrongly carried a balance to help improve their credit score. I mean, whoever is putting that stuff out there, what a bunch of garbage. I mean, yeah, carry a credit score. Yeah, yeah, just no, no. According to a 2018 creditcards.com report, but carrying, a, uh, but carrying a balance is not one of the five factors that make up a FICO credit score. These factors are payment history, the percentage of available credit that has been borrowed, the length of credit history, how many credit lines you own, and how many different types of credit loans or credit lines you own. So think about it. The length of credit history, that's one. One out of five. That's so to blame anything on, well, you, these younger kids haven't enough time. No, it's they've done a bunch of other stupid things. So they say set up automatic payments. Missed credit card payments are the most common cause of poor credit for this age group, says Kaplan. We found that 36% of millennials who missed credit card payments simply forgot about them. Listen, and I've forgotten. I've forgotten to pay some things. So I, there's definitely, I'm trying to think what bills, <laughs> actually, what was it? So like I said, I don't say this from a judgmental perspective, but something happened with our utility, our electric here, here in my house. So it's like, as I have kids, and we got we got a bill like we're turning off your power in like the next I don't know was it two weeks I don't know what it was but we got like so like we're turning off your power and long story short we thought we had the automatic something goofy went happened and we hadn't paid our electric bill for months so I mean I get it I, I'm not saying some of the stuff it happens but make sure and and also to be honest and I don't say this in a, a bragging way but. Uh, you know, where, where my wife and I are, uh, I have no idea what my credit score is. I don't have any debt. I, I, just, I, I don't care about that stuff anymore. Um, so because of that, I'm not nearly as stressed out about these payments like I was back in college. But back in college, being early married, you better believe that stuff was on payment, you know, automatic payments, and that we, I was double checking those automatic payments. Because yes, it, 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 there is some anxiety out there, but you know what? Anxiety is a good thing. Not using that as an excuse onto how we got the, but the point is I understand mistakes happen, but I would also encourage you, be very, very diligent. When credit matters the most, and it does when you're first getting started and just getting out there, yeah, I got, it on, yeah, I got the automatic payment set up. Just double check, so I'd encourage you. 
Go out there and double check everything right now after you listen to this. And you know what? Odds are everything's probably just fine. But you know what? Just check. Because I thought we had our electric on an automatic payment, but then all of a sudden we're getting threatened. We're shutting down your power. Um, and yes, it was paid the rest of the story within hours of that. My wife was on the phone and we got everything taken care of um, because electric isn't, her credit probably got shattered because we, we keep the electric in her name just to, to keep the credit. What I don't even, I don't know why because credit doesn't really matter to either of us anymore. But yeah, I don't know how good my wife's credit is anymore. Not that it matters, but because um, I'm a believer in all cash from here on out. But um, be consistent. Start pumping positive information in your credit score. To do this, make one or two small purchases within your budget. There we go. Within your budget every month. Pay it off on time and in full and repeat, Lowry said. Hey, there we go. I fully agree with that. Don't use more than 30% of your available credit limit, she added. Utilization makes up 30% of your overall credit score, and the goal should be no more than 30% to demonstrate responsible credit behaviors. Um, so in other words, if you have a credit line of $1,000, don't go and put $400 on it, because now you're gonna be at 40%. So $1,000, if you have, again, a credit card of $1,000, the most you should ever put on it is $300 and then get it paid off. And then the next month, $300 at most. If you think you wanna do more, then try to bump that up. So if you get it up to you know $10,000, for example, then you could put $3,000 on it, and that would still be 30%. So that's what they mean by that. Uh, and then uh, follow-up, 10% of millennials reported being unaware that they had bills to pay in the first place, according to the same, the same uh, ops loan survey. To avoid this, Lowry suggests following up about bills and checking to see if you owe anything. Again, I do agree with that, good solid advice. One way to do this is to request a credit report from the national credit report companies such as Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. This can be done for free online every 12, 12 months to see if you have outstanding balances. Again, good solid little bit, but um, I, I would encourage you, if you have a proper budget set in place, you shouldn't have any, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to pay for that. Because at the end of the day, that's just bad personal finance management. And when you get the proper budget in place, stuff like that, you shouldn't have to be pulling your credit card because you, you should know exactly where every little dime you're spending is going. But in this situation, if you wanna just start with a clean slate, then yeah, maybe doing that is a good thing so you can get all that stuff paid for. Uh, but after you do say to yourself, I'm starting with a clean slate, I mean, you really should know where every you know penny is going. Uh, you should follow up with the doctor's offices, your student loan providers, and any subscription services to check whether you're on the hook for anything. Call the doctor office. Call the doctor's office 30 to 40 days after your visit to see if there is any outstanding debt. Said Lowry. This will prevent it from being sent to a collection office. And then the final thing: know which payments matter more. Actually, I'm not going to read that because I fully disagree with it. Pretty much, they're saying, well, pay certain ones first before any other ones. No, pay them all. If you can't afford them all, then you shouldn't have it. And of course they use Netflix. If Netflix is like, if you're debating, well, just put Netflix at the bottom because that's the least important, but pay all these other things first. No, pay. if you can't pay every, you should not need to put into order what gets paid. If you can't pay them all, something's gotta go. So that's why, because I that's again another point I fully agree with. If you need to be taking advantage of grace periods and this, that, and the other, then there's things out there that you can't afford in the first place, get rid of them. So no. Don't know which payments matter more. They all matter, okay? They all matter. Look at it like that. That's how do you build a good credit score? They all matter. That's how you look at it. See, I told you it was easy. This is not rocket science. 
And uh, let's see, that was the article. So I guess I ended not even reading it, but like I said, I'm not gonna go through all that because that's just bad, bad logic. But again, um, I think I've said all I need to say. I would encourage you, depending on where you are in your journey, um, if, if you if you have no credit, that's fine, you can build it, just don't ruin it. That way you don't have to worry about boosting it because it, it's fine from the get-go. If, uh, if you do have lousy credit, well then it's time to start to clean things up, that's okay, that happens. Um, I, I can help with that, that's the whole point of my uh, site, moneywithclay.com and the courses I offer. Uh, but the, the problem I have is the mental, well, the, the mental thought process, the, the whole backbone of this article is who, who what, what are these certain group of millennials blaming? They're blaming their low credit scores. That, that's not the problem. The problem is your habits. The problem is your system. The, the problem is your strategy towards your personal finances. And Joe, I, I kind of feel bad, but I don't feel bad about Joe, who's blaming the low credit score. And then you learn more and more about him not paying utility bills and not making wise decisions, and then they're just calling them little problems or whatever he said, little issues. <laughs> no, you're Joe. It's you are blaming the wrong thing. I would encourage you. What? Are, who are you blaming? What? If you if you can relate, I mean, are you blaming yourself? Because at the end of the day, you are the cause of your credit score, or are you just blaming the credit score itself? And it's all it's these, these evil corporations. It's these evil credit you know companies. Or are you blaming? the person that caused you to get that credit score, which, which is you. If you blame you, that's okay. I'm not judging you. In fact, I applaud you, I respect you. At least you're blaming the source of the problem. And when you blame the source of the problem, guess what? You can fix the problem. Because if you're the problem, that means you're the solution. How freeing is that? How awesome is that? So no judgment on my part. I'd be happy to help you out. Reach out to me. Like I said, go to moneywithclay.com. I offer the slab money method. You know, that's a course that of how it helped me pay off you know, over $100,000 in debt. So it's not like I'm some flawless individual that has never had debt or never, I'm just saying the first step in all of this is who are you blaming? And it really kind of just rubs me the wrong way and it saddens me in some ways how this article really seems to be demonizing credit scores and, and the credit companies about, well, people can't get loans because of low credit scores. Yeah, but you know that's on them for the reason that they have those low credit scores. But that's all I have is re rewire your mind if you need to, or if you're kind of new, just realize these, you know, student loans, that is the first loan that, you know, as a kid or when you're, when you're growing up, that's the first big thing that you could have that starts to bleed its way into other places. And you gotta be very careful with that. And I, I probably annoy some of you and you're like, oh, great, Clay, you're talking about student loans again. Oh, great, Clay, you're talking about college this or college, because it matters. It matters a lot, and you know this is the data that's coming out that's showing just how much it matters in this day and age when it starts to bleed in those credit scores, and then before you know it, you're, you're paying higher interest rates on loans for cars, and it can just get and, and become nasty situations. But So be aware, if you have any questions or comments, by all means, please reach out to me through the site. I, I'd love to talk you through it, and um, I, I'm here to help, and I, I like this stuff, I enjoy talking, I have a passion for it, as you may or may not have noticed. But some of this stuff here, you gotta be careful what you read because with all due respect, this article was pure garbage in terms of almost the mentality that I could see some readers leaving with thinking, yeah, it's, it's not my fault, it's, it's, it's my credit score's fault. And, they just, and my credit score is determined by these agencies, it's their fault, it's the big corporation's fault, they're evil. And, and, 
like I said, I don't necessarily blame those people because the way the article is structured, I can understand how they'd come out like that. But please, I, I just think for yourself and take personal responsibility because I'll end like this. When you take a resp personal responsibility, sure, it, it, it's gonna lead back to you being the problem. But if you're the problem, you're a solution. And that's where it all starts in, th in terms of turning things around. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.